Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency and Money Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Tony Guerra, pharmacist and publisher, bringing you help succeeding in your career, health, and wealth before, during, and after residency. You can sign up for the email list at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com to get your free LOI template or get editing help working one-on-one with me at residency.teachable.com. All right. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Remember the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Wanted to um, talk a little bit about what you should be doing here as you're uh, going into your interviews. And I think you just really need to have one thing in mind. And that one thing and the biggest problem uh, that most students have is uh, being forgotten. Now you're going to go in and you're going to be thinking, well, you know, I've gotten, I've done all this stuff. I, I know everything, you know, whatever, but think about it. When you went, if you went to ASHP, how many names do you actually remember? Remember, so you went to all these people and maybe even sent them a note or whatever, but, but truly how many names do you really remember? And so what's going to happen is that they're only going to remember one or two. And what is it that makes it so that they remember you, okay? And the the course that I have, it's really focused on making sure that you answer the questions so that they're complete. Uh, that's really one of the times <laughs> where you ha- can have a very algorithmic way of, of answering something. So, um, and you may have heard of the STAR framework before, uh, and so forth, but it really, well, there's the rock and the star, but the idea is this, when you are answering a question, most people miss the setup. They're so busy about like, and I fixed it, that they don't set it up. And and I love Jeff Foxworthy, um, where he's a comedian and uh he actually was at the first gator growl uh, i i ever saw i want to say it was 1990 1991 1992 so a long time ago and what he was really great at was setting up the answer so that you were just on the edge of your seat like what's he gonna say what's he gonna say and so many of you get to oh i just want to answer the question i just wanted okay was that right you know so the first thing is that here's the situation. Okay? Here's how it was. And you need to put in a lot of context. And when you think about that, you want to set up like, okay, this was my very first appy. And it was, you know, high intensity cardiology appy or something like that. So when you set it up that way, it's completely different than, okay, well, you know, this is a student that should have known how to do that. But if you're in like your second week of an appy and you're you know dealing with a code or something like that, that's really impressive. Okay, so setting up the situation is huge. That's the S. And then you know the task you want to make sure that you make clear. Okay, this is what I was supposed to do, and then then you get into the action. What did you do? And don't forget the outcome. So the action isn't the end of it. You you still have to say how this happened later, how you followed up. They're really not as worried about the answer itself as the way you frame the answer, that you're complete, uh, and all those things. 
but the people that are giving the best stories are the ones that are going to be the most memorable. I remember being in admissions uh, for, you know, pharmacy school and there's always one or two students that had this just really great story. Uh, one drove a tractor. I still remember it. And one, um, you know, drove uh, and uh, was a pizza driver or a pizza delivery driver. Uh, and it just showed me how, you know, the way they were paying their way through school was just really neat and really impressive. And they had a great story. And what happens is, is that you want to have a great story, which you, which then your advocates pick up for you. So if you've already done an appy there, you're going to have an advocate or two or maybe more uh, where they are fighting for you. Whereas if you don't have anyone there, then you've got to tell stories and things that are really, really memorable. Okay. So when you're thinking about what you're going to say, make sure that you're doing it in such a way that's somewhat entertaining. It doesn't have to be on the edge of your seat type of thing, but clearly you have thought about it. Okay. Uh, second thing is people care more about themselves than they care about you. And the more you've studied one, you should know every resident's project, like what are they doing their project on? Because asking genuine questions about the project is going to get you far. Like they're going to remember that. It's like when somebody says that your your kid did well. Oh, okay. I you know your reticular activator goes crazy. You know my kid. Okay, let me, let me hear what they have to say about my kid. Um, you know maybe they got their uh, something at the art uh, festival or something, which my kid did. Um, or maybe they had a goal in, a, in an important game at the end of the game, which, okay. <laughs> so those types of things. But what, what you're really trying to, to get at is one, you're trying to meet these people and the internet is fantastic in that it tells you, you know, even if it's maybe not on their website, even more impressive that you have taken the time to see what did they present at ASHP. Second, make sure you know who's going to interview you. So if it's a cardiology, um, you know, let's say there's cardio, uh, they have a cardio background or something like that. You can look up the RPDs in their research, you know, what they're researching, what they've published and those types of things. And I don't want it to be flattering. I want it to be genuine, like, oh, it was really neat, you know, that and, and there'll be a perfect time uh, to talk about it. But again, that keeps you memorable. Okay. Um, you also want to make sure that you are really taking the time to figure out what's on their website. So the questions that you ask when you get to the point where it's time for you to ask those questions, that they can't be looked up. Because if they can be looked up, it's like, oh, this person doesn't take the time to look those things up. Okay. So the the first kind of piece of it is, you know, becoming memorable, becoming uh, is to focus on just how much you can learn about the people that you're going to see. Yes, it's important to know about the rotations and things like that, but the more you know about those people and what they're interested in, the better. The second tip I have for you, so the first one is people. Uh, the next one is PGY2, okay? If you are going to be a PGY1, and they have a PGY2 in something you're interested in, 
What I want you to do is make sure, and you can write this down. You can bring it with you. You don't have to memorize everything and put it in your you know, professional folder that you have. What you want to do is start talking about some of those PGY2 rotations, because one of the things that they really want to do, and it's really, PGY2 is a real problem right now, because there are many more PGY2s than there are people to fill those spots. And that's going to get harder and harder as we go. I get it. Some of the PGY2s are more desirable than others. And in terms of like, you know, emergency med versus something else, whatever it is. But the more you know about the PGY2 and the actual way that the PGY1 rotations fit into PGY2, the more memorable you become. Okay. The next thing is, you know, you're going to keep hearing these words be professional, okay, be personal, be personable. You know, well, of course you're going to be personable. Of course you're going to be professional, wearing a suit and all those things. What you really want to get at is it's if you keep the conversation to only pharmacy, it's going to be very tough to be memorable because everybody else is also only pharmacy. I remember Brandon Dyson talking about how they had asked him, you know, what have you taught in the past? And he talked about teaching guitar. And I was like, wow, that's something that I would really, really uh, remember. Okay. So when you're talking about something professional and um, so forth, see if you can't put something in that is outside of pharmacy, but that can transfer to pharmacy. So for example, I would use that I'm a long distance runner. A distance runner is known for having stamina within, you know, uh, training hard, training consistently, and you can use the same thing. If you're a D1 athlete, and there are a few of you that are, uh, that is a great way to, to talk about it. I've always been impressed by someone who becomes that one or 2% of the, you know, college population that is uh, doing uh, or is in sports at that level, okay? So when you're saying be professional, be personable, be interesting uh, is, I guess, another way uh, to do it. Um, something that really is a struggle for the introverts especially is that they are always thinking about how they're being thought of. Like, what, what is, you know, the, did they like that answer? Um, what do the other people think of this answer? And a trick to get out of your own head is to take an interest in the purpose of other people. That may seem weird that, wait, you're aren't they interviewing me? Well, if you take, start thinking about, well, why is this person here? Oh, okay, they they have a background in peds, so that makes sense. You know, they're they've got a certain track that they're gonna go on. Oh, this person had an experience with cancer in their family and so forth. And what that does is it does two things. One, it gets you out of your own head, so you're not freaking out over each thing that you just said. But the other thing is, is that now you are so interested in other people, it comes out and it shows that wow, this is somebody that really likes to work with other people. This is somebody that uh, we would really like to have because you can see how genuine they are uh, in their interest and their passion for other people. Okay. Um, in terms of practice, I think that the um, when you come to 
practicing interview questions. We we have that hundred you know strong residency interview questions, answers, and rationales. And and you can just go on to uh, the Amazon website and look in the table of contents if you just want the questions. Uh, you can do that. A lot of uh, people are are listening to it on the way to and from their appies uh, with the audio book. Again, we we put a couple of different narrators on there and spent quite a bit of money to make sure that it was interesting enough that as you're listening to it, you're like, okay, I'm getting in the rhythm of, okay, question, response, rationale, question, response, rationale. Um, but when you're practicing, what you want to do is make sure that you are you're authentic in what you're saying. So it comes off as a little bit scripted if you try to memorize it. So what you really want to do is say, okay, what are the two or three things that I really want to you know, be able to answer? So let, let's start with the open-ended, tell us about yourself, where you, know, you just go into this frenzy of, wait, what do you want me to tell you about? Do you want me to tell you about my personal life? Do you want me to tell you about my pharmacy life? Do you want me to tell you about how I got into pharmacy and so forth? And all they really just want is to have an icebreaker. They just want to um, have you talk a little bit about yourself, get to know you a little bit. But the trick is to make sure that when you're practicing, you're bringing it back to them. So it goes something like this. Uh, tell us about yourself. Oh, I'm Tony. I'm uh, originally from the Baltimore-Washington corridor, but I moved to uh, the Midwest, which um, has been a fantastic move. Uh, I, besides geo arbitrage and in, in terms of things being certainly less expensive, I absolutely love how friendly people are in the Midwest and, uh, I'm really, really happy to be here. And, you know, as I'm, you know, applying for residencies, my wife is also a Midwesterner and, uh, we really want to just, uh, settle down in, uh, this area. And, uh, we just feel that, uh, this would be a great fit with all of the offerings that you have, where it's at, and just everyone I've talked to has just been Midwest nice. So I've done a couple of things there. I've talked about how I'm a little bit unique and that I come from, you know, nation's capitals, actually born there, uh, and that I've moved to the Midwest. I've got a positive attitude. I love that, you know, we're in the Midwest. I'm not like, oh, I wish I was back home. Uh, and I'm talking about how it's not just about uh, where we are, but that um, the offerings that they have are really uh, important. So again, as you're practicing, bring it back to them and uh, why you're there. So let's go over these five P's again. Okay, First, focus on the people, not the product. Okay, So what you're going to have, you'll always have one or two gunners in there that's going to talk about how they were president and vice president and how they did 15 different clubs and they worked full time at the same time they did all, uh, you know, clinical appies. Uh, no, focus on them. Focus on your research of, okay, well, what are these people interested in? And let's see if it works for me. Second, if there's a PGY2 there, focus on the PGY2 that you're most interested in because that puts you as somebody who can be promoted from PGY-1 to PGY-2 in early commit. Again, uh, they really need applicants for PGY-2s. Uh, many PGY-2s are, are going unfilled in the first round, and that's a real concern for RPDs. Third, professional doesn't has to, should go beyond, okay, I'm wearing a suit, okay, I'm a nice person. Okay? Being professional is 
um, having taken the time to ensure that this isn't a waste of time for both of you, that you're thinking about them and what it is that they offer that works out so well. Um, look at other people's purpose. And this kind of goes further than the people, but even your fellow interviewees, instead of being a gunner and making sure that you are heard, just following up on what somebody says, like, wow, that's really interesting. You're into peds. I had a peds rotation and blank, right? So you're not only acknowledging what someone else has done, but you're also talking about yourself and it's very collaborative. And then the last thing with your practice, uh, try to practice the most important points of it rather than being scripted and so forth. Uh, I think that when, when it comes down to the interview and finishing up, you should have a reason to contact them afterward. And what I mean is this, this is, if you think about dating and let's say you do one of those speed dating things with 10 people or whatever, your goal is to one, eliminate many of those and then continue the conversation with a couple of them. So there should be something that after this interview you have to talk about, because remember, it's a nightmare. You just, you, you have no feedback, right? They can't tell you that they're, that you're their first choice. It's just not allowed. You can't tell them that they're for your first choice. It's just not allowed. So you just have these two months to sit there and wait. But if during those two months, you're actually continuing to have a conversation with them, say, wow, you know, um, we didn't really get to talk about your research in uh, you know, that aspect of pediatrics. I just wanted to follow up with you because I'm currently in an appy and would uh, like to just uh, talk about a couple of things with you uh, in a very genuine way. Uh, don't do this just to, to talk to them, but to, in a real genuine way. And what you're going to find is the reason the match works so well, the reason people get their first, second, and third choices uh, really 80% of the time is because it's really just a continuation of the conversation. And then when they're accepting you for the, the residency program, uh, they, that's when you know we're, we're getting to the point where uh, it's like, okay, well, it, it makes sense for you to continue here because uh, we've, we've kind of had these continued conversations. Okay. Um, uh, last thing I'm, I'm gonna say on this is uh, these couple of months are going to be hard. And I know some people are of the mind that you should have a backup job. That is, you should have a job just in case, you know. And I understand. I, I know a lot of uh, places like burn your ships, you know, do uh, phase two if you have to. But honestly, as, I, as I've thought about that, I think that if you don't match, that's actually feedback that you have applied to the wrong places. And because you're limiting, you know, I think there were 600 available spots last time in phase two, because you're so limited in phase two, I don't think that just getting any residency, um, unless there's one or two that maybe fit you, is is the best thing. I think it might be better to just say, okay, well, I I need some time to kind of think about it. I'll I'll work for a year and then then I'll come back to it. Um, the match rate for those that are coming back is has gone way up. Uh, it used to be very low uh, for for students who graduated uh, 
a year, any year, but the one that that's now. Sure, you still have an advantage if you graduated this year or you're graduating in, in spring 24. Uh, but uh, I, I just, uh, I, I think that this whole residency thing, a lot of people use it as a checkbox. And I really think that when you talk about a true residency experience and being able to move on to a job that you are really excited about to, to have those connections that you need and so forth, I think you learn a lot through uh, the residency application process and, and feedback generally comes to either uh, that you, you've applied to the wrong place or one or more of your recommenders uh, has uh, sunk you. Um, that is, they you, you didn't ask the question, can you write a strong, positive recommendation from me? Rather, they just wrote what they wrote and then that that was it. So again, I'm, I'm happy to take this uh, with you. Uh, some people... Uh, are in the course and, and, you know, get a better idea of what's going on. I know not all pharmacy schools provide uh, a residency preparation, or maybe you decided on residency after that course was available. Maybe it was like P3 and, or P2, and you just didn't know that that was something that you wanted to do. Um, again, it's at residency.teachable.com forward slash P forward slash interview. Uh, but um, I think that this idea of how can I be, memorable with the five P's, I think is a really great way uh, for this to happen. Um, one last thing, uh, be really careful with your emails. Um, I just have found so many people will send me their, they're like, well, this is the email I'm going to send back. And I'm like, well, you have these three errors in it, or you have these four errors in it, especially if you're a non-native speaker, um, because the interview starts the minute they sends you the invite. Uh, the interview doesn't start when you get there. It, it, every email, every correspondence, every time you talk to them, that's all interview. So again, be very mindful. Uh, Grammarly isn't always exactly right, but it can help you catch obvious things like using the same word twice, not putting an and in there, um, you know, misspellings, uh, grammatical, obvious grammatical and syntactical errors and things like that. So, all right, well, I went a little bit long on this, but again, uh, big thing is how can you be positively memorable? This has been the Pharmacy Residency and Money Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You might want to check out our available residency audiobooks at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com forward slash books, or you can get your first book free if you've never been on Audible before. You can work one-on-one -on -one with me to get a better residency that will better suit your career, health, and wealth at residency.teachable.com. Feel free to send an invite to Tony PharmD on LinkedIn or email me at tonythepharmacist at gmail.com. Music was by Policy.